Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Starting sort of in the area of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, really quickly. I want to lay this groundwork with you, and then we're going to skip ahead from the stuff that we did in the first service. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works but of and of faith toward God. And then a little bit more. Of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection, of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So this right here is the elementary or what you would call the milk. These six things. Repentance, faith toward God, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection, and eternal judgment. There we have it. Now what is the meat? What is the non-elementary elements of our faith? Basically anything that you don't find in those six things. Just basically anything that you don't find in those six things. This is how I outlined it. You can give or take this. You can take it or leave it. This is how I see it. This is advanced Christianity is the will of God. The will of God is not mentioned in those six things. What else is not mentioned? Under the will of God, I mean this. The promises of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and the gifts and callings of the Holy Spirit, none of those are mentioned in those six things. Amen? The will of God, Matthew chapter 6, 9 and 10. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So after this manner, pray, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there lack in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there defeat in heaven? Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, who took up our infirmities and carried our diseases, who made himself poor so that you could become rich. That's the will of God. The will of God is not ambiguous. People preach it that way so that they don't have any responsibility. You never know what will happen. God could heal, but you never know if he will heal. All of those things, that's what they actually preach those things so that they will not be held accountable for results. The will of God is not ambiguous. It is specific. Everybody stay with me. Everybody stay with me. Small tile store building. That's why we got to go. It's amazing. Some of you guys, listen, you'd be like those kittens. I'm the same way. Just so you know, I'm not bad mouthing you, but you just like kittens. That little red light was on the wall. That's you guys. Any little thing that's happening inside here. Forget about the Bible. What's that person? Are they going to the bathroom? It's over for you. So the milk, the elementary things are those six things. The meat is the promises of God, the word of God the Holy Spirit, and the gifts and callings of God. Go over to Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 12. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary principles of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, what is this section of scripture entitled? 
It's actually entitled in the New King James, Warning Against Falling Away. The scriptures that I just read to you a moment ago out of Hebrews chapter 6, 1 and 2 are entitled, The Peril of Not Progressing. It is a danger, look at me now, it is a dangerous thing to not be consumed by the consuming fire of God. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy 4.24. Hebrews 12.28. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. If you are not being consumed, you are in peril. You are in danger. That's why the entire church closed. They had not progressed to being able to smell sulfur. They couldn't smell the demons coming. They were blinded. That's why 99.9% .9 of churches are closed and are still mitigated. I had friends of mine who went to a Christmas Eve service this past week, obviously, Christmas Eve. See how smart I am? In Florida, in Sarasota County, and people are in there wearing masks. In a thousand seater with 200 people in it. What are you doing calling yourself Christian and wearing a lie on your face? Don't, don't hand me your watered down mumbo jumbo about, well, you know, I want other people to feel comfortable. I want other people to feel accommodated. Shove that sideways now, sideways. That's lies. You do not abide in lies to make liars feel comfortable. You stand up to the lies. You go the opposite of the lies. In fact, though by this time, back to Hebrews chapter 5, 12 through 14. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Who was this written to? This was written to the church in Jerusalem. These are the first people that got saved. And they still have not progressed anyone. Verse 13, who lives on milk. Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Let's break down this verse. And then I'm going to show you the progression of sanctification. We have to be sanctified. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. May, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it do what sanctify you completely make you worthy make you able to be used make you holy make you useful that's sanctification the reason why the church closed the reason why nobody is preaching about the mark of the beast this sunday morning is because they weren't sanctified enough to see it they're carnal they're living in the natural they're like people pleasers their, their motivation in life is not spiritual uh, perception. Their motivation in life is to please people. It needs to be pleasing the Holy Spirit. I knew immediately in March 2020. I knew this smelled. Not because I'm something. What does that make me? I'm a lump that's surrendered. I'm not anything or anybody. Without him, I can do nothing. It's not singing my praises. I'm just somebody who happened to surrender. That's it. Now let's break down these verses. Hebrews 12 through 14. Actually 13 and 14 to be specific. Anyone who lives on milk is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. 
So what makes you immature? Anybody who lives on milk is not being taught how to be right. And you're like, you know what? Tom, that's not, that doesn't really go with the flow of society now with common core math. Two plus two is however you interpret it. That's the, the modern church is the same way. Exalting in their grace. That's, it's been, listen, we are, it's out of, it's out of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. This was going on a long time ago in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. A long time ago. Where the church was exalting in their grace. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And they believe they are so wonderfully graceful and loving that they accommodated that inside the church. Well, verse 13 says, expel that wicked man from among you. That's the gospel of Jesus. That's the Bible. That's what's going wrong now. You don't see that in the list of milk or elementary things. You have to be acquainted with the teaching about being right. There is right and there is wrong. Period. It has not changed. The devil is, it's a common spirit. The devil has been blurring those lines from day one. Where Christians believe, hey, look at us, look at, look at God must be marveling at our grace. It actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, they're proud of themselves. They were marveling at their grace. You know, homosexuals feel comfortable in our church. They shouldn't feel comfortable. They should feel convicted. They should feel loved, but not comfortable. Nor should anybody in here living any sort of sin. If you're addicted to porn, you shouldn't feel comfortable right now. Here, I'll make you feel uncomfortable. You ready? You're going to die and go straight to hell unless you repent. I don't care how many sinners' prayers you said. I don't care what the Baptists have told you. If you don't repent, you're not going to heaven, period. That's not me. If you deliberately keep on sinning after you have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God, Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, written to the same church. What's the verses that precede that? You want to talk about sanctification? Here I go, getting sidetracked again. What's the verses before that? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What did the devil do? He's common again, ignorant of his devices, stops the gathering together, and then people go right into deliberately keeping on sinning. See the sanctification? It's a reverse sanctification. You do the first, you won't end up at the last. But the devil comes in. And, listen, it doesn't count if you're at home. It doesn't. I understand that there's various certain circumstances that can happen every now and then. But for 21 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, people are meeting at home. I watched one service recently. It looked like a particularly religious service, but... He was talking, hey, this is our first time. All these churches now requiring vaccinations to be, to be attended. In order for you to enter the building, you got to have your vaccine passport, mark of the beast. It's all over this country now. Don't think it isn't. Don't be blind that you're living in free Florida. It's all over this country. Canada is gone. Australia, gone. Doesn't mean they can't come back. I'm just telling you right now, gone. Where's their churches? Where is it? Just curious. Where's the big names? There's big names in Canada. Where are they? Well, where, where are they? It's big names in Australia. We sing a bunch of their songs. 
Where are they at? They're not there. Because they're not acquainted with the teaching about being right. You're telling me, Tom, pastors of mega churches have no, they're living on milk. Anyone who lives on milk being still, still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness? Yeah. They won those churches via personality. Tom, sounds like you're envious. Maybe I am. I'm not. I'd rather, I'd rather be mean and alone and be right. But they're not. If you were acquainted about being correct, although that's not politically correct, there's right and there's wrong. There's no accommodating what's wrong. If, you're in the, if, you, if your kids belong to the YMCA and they're competing in any of those leagues, you need to teach them about righteousness. When you're playing soccer and, you're, and the other team has three and you have two at the end of the game, you lost. You lost. That's the facts. That didn't exist when I was a kid. I cried because we lost. Nowadays, nobody's a loser. Yeah, you are. You're a loser. You lost. That's how you grow in life. You're a loser. Now become a winner. There you go. I went to Tommy's MMA fight up in Orlando. That guy lost. He took a kick to the face and one giant right hook to the temple. He was out. He lost. There's no participation trophy. You lost. You need to be teaching your kids about what is right and what is wrong. What is correct and what is incorrect. Not some sort of goofy amalgam of lukewarmness. Everybody is a winner and, you know, we're all going to pull something from them. No. Win. God is about winning. He's not about comfort and losing. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. I may have been a cop for 25 years, but I understand what always means. Always means always. See how smart I am? I never even went to Bible college. I got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice, the most useless degree on the planet. That's what you call a football degree. You do that so you can play football, which is what I did. Anyone who lives on milk, the elementary things, is not acquainted with being correct. Whoops! That hurts. They're not acquainted with being right. Everybody thinks of righteousness and holiness as the same. It's not. Righteousness means you are correct. You are taking the correct stance. You are saying the right things. You are not doing the things you are not supposed to be doing. You're doing the things you are supposed to be doing. Are you living in righteousness when it comes to tongues? Are you speaking in tongues? Paul said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Is that you? Well, I don't really agree with that. You're not living in righteousness. You are incorrect. The Bible, the Bible is telling you you're wrong. The Bible is correcting you. You need to go that way. That is righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Verse 14, Hebrews chapter 5 who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use of what? Solid food is what? Teaching about righteousness. Stop with any vagaries. Most of us talk about milk and meat our entire Christian life without defining either. Define them. I'm doing that for you today. 
This is why you have a pastor, but you need to get to the place of not needing me to do this. Solid food is what? What is meat? Most Christians, pure vagary. They have no idea. Solid food is the teaching about being correct. But solid food, the teaching about righteousness, is for the mature. What's the benefit? Who by constant use, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Do you notice what's missing today? Don't you see it? Don't you sense it? There's no, there's no ability in the modern church to distinguish good from evil because they live on milk. Nobody's ever confronted them about righteousness. What do you do when they present you, when you have a sulfur-smelling demon present you with a 99.9% survival virus and tell you to close? What do you do? You go to the Word. You go to the teaching about righteousness, which will tell you how to distinguish good from evil. What do you do with a virus? It's very simply took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Ignore it. That's righteousness. They sacrifice righteousness on the altar of humanistic love and acceptance. That's why they have no idea what they're doing. That's why I want you to name them. Name the big name authors and pastors and preachers that have stood. And I'm talking about unequivocally. There's some right now that are on the train that I sat there and watched them compromise. They couldn't have grabbed their ankles any faster. Oh, this is like, uh, you know, like when the, uh, the Jewish homes were marked and the curse came over. That's what the lockdown is. The Passover. We're locking down our churches. And that same person now is everybody's new prophet. I'm like, it's fine as long as he's repented. I haven't heard him repent. So you know what I have to do with him? Goose egg. And he shows up on a lot of the same things that I watch and listen to. No, thank you. Not until you humble yourself and say those, those dreaded three words. I was wrong. I've done it. I've done it from this pulpit. I've gone to people face to face. What's the, what's, the, what's the matter with that? Well, then people think less of you. Oh, well. Oh, well. I don't, I'm not seeking to please men. If I still please men, I can't serve Jesus. Galatians 1.10. You're wrong. You're wrong. Go tell them you're wrong. I go apologize. There's people in this building right now I've apologized to. More than one. More than five. Like, oh, you must be a dreadful person. I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what is righteous. I choose righteousness over ministry. I choose righteousness over my reputation. I'm not going to lie to defend my reputation. What is my reputation then if I'm lying to defend it? I'm a liar defending a liar. I'm using lies to defend lies. You're welcome. Solid food is for the mature. Are you okay with being told you're wrong? Some of you aren't. Ask your spouse if you are. Seriously. I haven't done that in a while. It's been a couple months. You want to know who you really are? And you've got a spouse that's honest, is not scared of you? Ask him. Ask him. Hey, let me ask you this. 
What kind of husband am I? One to ten. Ten being the best. Ask him, why would you not? Look at me. Why would you not? Don't you want to know? See, my wife and I, we talk about everything. And look at me, look at me. I mean everything. We know where we stand. People come up, how do you have a marriage like, you know, I would like to have a marriage like you. Well, transparency. People are scared of our house. Everything gets opened up. Full-scale discussions. Sometimes it's bad. It can go bad. You have to be careful not to cross lines into what fornication, all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as to become a saint, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You have to be careful not to cross the line into saying things you don't need to say in, under, under the umbrella of transparency. That's Ephesians 5, 3, and 4, by the way. But everything's out in the open. Is Norma in here? Oh, there she is. I make fun of Norma all the time. <laughs> and Tommy all the time. Anything they do, it's wide out, it's in the open. Norma does what I call quiet talking. When she's trying to slip something in that she really doesn't want to slip in, she fades it at the end. She'll say something like, Hey, Dad, you know what? You were kind of looking kind of bad with that. You know? <laughs> what? The shirt you wore was a little bit out of What? <laughs> I call it the fade. The fade. <laughs> Norma loves being in when I'm preaching. That's what, listen, but that's the thing. If you really want to know, ask them. If you don't have a connect, the Holy Spirit will tell you just like that. But if you're not acquainted with the Holy Spirit yet, go to your spouse. Don't go to your butt-kissing friend. Don't go to that butt-kissing friend who's trying to get something out of you. Why you're friends with them, I don't know. I don't have any friends to kiss my butt. I don't have any interest in that. When I broke up with Hope, I broke up with her a couple times before we got married. She didn't care. <laughs> There's no tears. <laughs> Nothing. I won't marry a woman who needs me. I'll marry a woman who wants me. That's how you should be about everything. A little side note. Those who live on milk are not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Let me break this down and we're going to move into COVID for just a minute. I have some facts to share with you. Solid food is what? Teaching about righteousness. Constant use of righteousness enables you to distinguish good from evil. You know what's right. You know what's wrong because you practice in it. Well, that sounds judgmental. You're supposed to judge. Who told you not to judge? The only time you don't judge is if you're doing the same things. Romans chapter 2 verse 1. You therefore have no excuse. You pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you pass judgment do the same things. But Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance. But judge with righteous, righteous judgment. You're supposed to be judging. That's not right. That is. That's wrong. That's right. You're supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be able to distinguish good from evil. Lack, evil. Sickness, evil. Poverty, evil. 
Lack of self-esteem, loathing yourself, evil. Mental illness, evil. Depression, evil. That's what you do. And that way, when here comes the garden gnome with all of his holiday requisites, you can tell him to turn them sideways. Don't even fold them up and shove them straight up your caboose. That's what you do. That's how I live. Why don't you want to live that way? And if you don't, I don't want you to wake me up. I'm not interested in your ungodly wisdom. This is what's happened with COVID. That's why there's churches requiring COVID passports. They have no distinguishment of righteousness. None. Nobody's preaching it today. I know there's exceptions. Don't meet me at the door with them. I know who they are. I know who Rodney Howard Brown is. I know who Jonathan is. I know who Archer Pulaski is and Tony Spell and Greg Locke. They are standing. And they never bent. Those are the ones I'm interested in, unless, the, unless they publicly repent. But that's why everybody closed. And here's, the, here's some latest facts right here I want you to know. What's, who's filling up? They always say the ERs are being filled, right? Now I want you to remember 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his devices. His devices have always been from day one. He is the author and father and finishers of liars. It's always lies. We're being overrun. Right? What's filling up the ERs in Vermont? You know? Vermont, 90% vaccinated state. Everybody couldn't take that death jab any faster than Vermont where I used to ski all the time. What's filling up their ERs? ERs. Asymptomatic people. People who have no symptoms are going to the ER and taking up hospital beds. Why? Because they're scared. They're probably, most of them are fully vaccinated. They're scared. That's what's filling up. When they tell you that it's Joe Biden's death winter, all the, all the unvaccinated are going to die? No, not at all. People who are dying are the vaccinated. 75%. COVID deaths in the UK, fully vaccinated. It goes 75 to 82% in that range. People who are filling up the ERs in Vermont are those who are scared and they're asymptomatic. Israel has ordered 36 million new doses of vaccine. Their country of 9 million. They've already got 15 million in storage. You think they want this to end? If we can just get through this time. Don't be ignorant of their devices. There is no time frame. This is for forever to propel the haves over the have-nots. And by the way, if you're sitting in Foundation Church, just letting you know, no matter how much money you have, you're a have-not. That's all that it's been about from day one is the ushering in of the dragon and the two beasts and the mark of the beast. That's what it's been from day one. But you and I are to own our generation and not allow it to happen. That's why I give you these, this information, so you know. Australia just secured 151 million booster doses. For a country of 25 million, they want it to end. If we can just get through this time. I'm not ignorant of your devices, you worm-ridden, sulfur-smelling demon. Tom, you'd never say that to their face. Yes, I would. To Fauci's face. Any of them. Texas gained, this year, 170,000 new residents in one year. 
Florida gained 220,990,000 new residents this year alone. New York lost 352,000. California lost 367,000. They'll tell you that you're losing. You're not losing. There's only nine states that are strict COVID states out of, out of 50. 41 are semi-free or majorly free. Nine states. I can name a few. Oregon, Washington, California, New Jersey, New York, Illinois. That's six. Hawaii, Pennsylvania. That's it. The rest of us, for all intents and purposes, are free. You're not losing. Don't let the losers convince you that you're one of them. Oprah was caught maskless at her holiday mass gathering. But don't worry, the help haves, have-nots, globalist, World Economic Forum, Oprah Winfrey, the help are all masked. Maxine Waters, multi-millionaire, making $147,000 a year. She's caught maskless on a plane. The same, these mask Nazis and tyrants that are telling you to do this and do that, they don't do it themselves. And I doubt any of them are vaxxed. Only the ignorant ones are vaxxed. Navy ship right now is stranded in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Our Navy, United States Navy ship is stranded. Why? Because of missiles? Because of a torpedo? Because of war? No, the 100% vaccinated ship, there's not one sailor on there who's not vaccinated, is overrun with COVID, and they have to stay there. And yet here come the vaccine pimps and whores once again. You got to be vaccinated to get out of it. Why? What's the difference between me walking on that ship and the vaccinated? Why do I need a passport? Where's the logic? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That's why there isn't any. Nobody fears God. And that's why the church doesn't get it either. You have evangelical denominations who are not allowing people in the building. I saw a picture. It didn't look like an evangelical denomination, but this was in Finland. Saddest picture. This was the title. Saddest picture I've ever seen in Finland at their Christmas gathering. And man, it's freaking cold there. Everybody's standing outside, the, vac the unvaccinated, because they weren't allowed in the building, singing their own, doing their own service. Canada is an underground church. All those Romans 13 people, oh, we can't wait to comply. Romans 13 evangelical Christians, including people who attended this church, they tried to drop that on me. Yeah, good luck. You clown. You don't have a ruling authority in the United States. You have a constitution. But even if you did, you are the same people that send millions of dollars to the underground church in China, violating your Romans 13 principles because that church is violating their ruling authorities. What are you doing? Where is the logic? They don't fear God. A lot of people, they're eternally secure. They have no fear. Doesn't matter how I live, I'm going to heaven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10, 28. That's the gospel. That's the real Bible. Not the love fest that many pastors preach. New Jersey has to pay out $52.9 million to families of vets who died in their nursing homes because they shipped in infected COVID patients into the most vulnerable rooms on the planet. These are Phil Murphy. There's the experts. 
65% of COVID patients, people tested, uh, testing positive for COVID when they're in the hospital came for something else. They came in for a broken finger, a broken hand, a heart attack, whatever it may be, a stroke, and they tested them. So they didn't come. So when they tell you that it's all being overrun, they're testing them once they're there with PCR tests that don't work, that'll be outlawed next month. And then telling you they're being, the hospitals are overrun. The hospitals were cut down 40% in 2020. You ever read Becker's hospital report? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, so they closed their churches. They're overrun. They're overrun because hospitals are operating at 50% capacity. They've eliminated hundreds of thousands of beds during COVID. And now what's happening is 65% of the people that are going in there saying they're being overrun came in for something else. They didn't come in for COVID, but they made sure they tested positive for COVID because you get $13,000 the moment you do. Australia's overrun with COVID, 91% vaxxed. New York City's overrun with COVID, 90% vaxxed. United States is overrun with COVID, 70% vaxxed. And yet they'll still pimp and whore the same lie over and over and over again. In the midst of truth. That is why, you ever, you ever study scripture? You should. You sound, that sounds sarcastic. No, I'm serious. You ought to get the intricacies of scripture. Ever read Revelation 21.8? But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire, which, yeah, shall have their place in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone. Where was all in front of sorcerers? Where was all in front of sexually immoral? Where was all in front of cowardly or murderers or idolaters? No, the only all that was put in there was liars. And in the midst of these lies, they stand and lie and double and triple and quadruple down and lie again. It's bold-faced, absolute, transparent lying. And the church should be holding them accountable for it just like we are. And I'm telling you, there's a movement in this church. We're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and our influence will grow more and more and more. It's not me, it's we. It's church. People come up to me after Christmas Eve, whatever we are, Eve, 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 and Eve, Eve services. Congratulations. I, I appreciate that, but it's not, it's not, I didn't buy the church. We are buying the church. <laughs> Believe me, what it costs, I can't afford it. <laughs> when I drop those bombs on you, you might be going, ooh, yeah, be ready to give. <laughs> be ready, sacrificial. You want a southern outpost of freedom or don't you? We can't keep meeting in a tile store, folks. We can't. We've got max capacity. Families are leaving here every Sunday because there's nowhere to sit. Can't have it anymore. During this time when all these churches are closing, where was the will of God? Transitioning out of COVID now. Where was the will of God? Remember, those, the will of God is the meat of God. The non-elementary, the college level teaching, if you want to phrase it that way. 
the will of God, which is what? The promises of God, the word of God, and the Holy Spirit, and the gifts and callings of the Holy Spirit. The, the verse that I preach the most, look at this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do you know what that means? What's the deep meaning of that, of that sentence? Go ahead, you can yell it out. I'm giving you permission. I know some of you are scared to talk because I'm going to say something. I might. If you say something stupid, I'm going to correct you from the pulpit. If you act stupidly in the service, I'm going to correct you from the pulpit. I know it causes people to never come back. Oh, that's fine. At least we have order. We follow scripture here. But I'm letting you, I'm licensing you right now. What does that mean? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. It simply means don't do what the world does. So if the world has masks on, what should you do? If the world is vaccine, what should you do? If the world is locking down, what should you do? The opposite. George Costanza, that bad boy. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Now look at the sanctification. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Here it is. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, right? Here's the sanctification. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Next line, you should be progressing, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You don't conform first. Highly, look at me, highly uncomfortable. But that's step number one. Then your mind is transformed, again, being able then to distinguish good from evil. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. Is God's will to close my church? Is it God's will for me to date that person? Is it God's will for me to be unequally yoked with that business person? The reason why Christians do those things is either they're disobedient or their mind has not been transformed. They were never sanctified. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Will do what? Sanctify you. All we do is rejoice in our salvation instead of rejoicing in and going after sanctification. And that's why we are vulnerable. It's called the peril of not progressing. Hebrews chapter 6, 1 and 2. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Warning against falling away. Most Christians aren't worried about falling away because they've been taught they can never lose their salvation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 is entitled, The Great Losing of Salvation. The Great Apostasy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, entitled, The Great Losing of Salvation. The Great Apostasy. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 again. Warning against falling away. And pastors preach you can't ever fall away. There's never, there's no sin that's too big enough that God cannot take care of. Really? You ever read Hebrews chapter 6? Pastor? That those who have tasted of the word of God and been partakers of the Holy Spirit, if they fall away, cannot be renewed to repentance? What are you reading? Thunderhead. How dare you preach? How dare you preach that apostasy from the pulpit? How dare you preach that heresy from the pulpit? Causing people. Listen, there are going to be pastors with millstones hung around their necks. Drowning in the depths of the sea. 
Now I'm talking about the one that burns with fire and brimstone. They are. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus speaking, Matthew 18, 6. And they'll be drowning in the lake of fire. All because they had to be successful. They'll do anything to be successful. You don't do that as a Christian. You don't try to succeed. You preach the word. You don't really even try to win people. You preach the word and let them decide. You can't win them anyway. If, if, they, if they could be won just by your words, then God would win them all. They decide. They have a free will. Look at the progression. Romans chapter, we were at Romans chapter 12, verse, one, verse 2. Now we're at verse 3. Many Christians need to go right to this verse. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That is the biggest problem inside of the American church. Tom, how do you know? Because I've been in the American church since 1987. And I've been pastoring this church for 16 years. I can tell you that is the number one problem in this church. I often wonder why people come up to me and give me advice. You're like, Tom, are you you're saying you're not, there's nobody that can give you advice? Well, you know what? If you're going to give me advice, be better than me. I'm looking at some of you in this room right now, and you're in really good shape. Would you take advice from me nutritionally? And some of you at the door, you're the ones I call skinny and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm envious. You, if I come up to you and say, oh, let me tell you my secrets. Secrets of what? Love handles? Secrets of what? Hills? Valleys? Crevices? But I have people come up to me. I'm like, where's your fruit? When, when, if Jonathan gives me advice, okay, there's somebody who's won hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people to the Lord, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Rodney Howard Brown, whose tally is up to 38 million souls, I think. 38 million people, one to the Lord. Uh, I'll listen to him. Goober, Inglewood Bible study leader who floats from church to church with his priestly robes on, calling himself apostle? No. I'll be, believe it or not, I'm, I'm polite. I'll stand there and go, all right, yeah, thanks. For now. But people think of themselves way more highly than you want. I, listen, this is not something I struggle with. I do not think of myself more highly than I ought. I struggle with other things. This is not one of mine. But it could be one of yours. When you're, I may have used to been like that, pastoring or humble you. For by the grace given me, I say to you, every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. There's that judgment word again. I thought we weren't supposed to judge. You're supposed to be judging yourself soberly. So what you should be doing is go, do I have the right to do this or that according to the fruit? What should I be doing according to the fruit in my life? What, what are the priorities in my life according to the fruit? If your marriage is a disaster, what's priority one? It's not your marriage. Priority one is that you get right with God and then God will overflow into your marriage. 
soberly judge yourself in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. See the progression of this? We're in 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to end up going 6 through 10, but we're going to start off with 6 only. What we're talking about, remember, is sanctification. Being changed into being useful. Being changed into being able to distinguish good from evil. There's a lot of people in this room who believe that you can, but the evidence is that you can't. Tom, you're mean. I struggle too. I struggle too. There are times where I miss it. And I don't distinguish good from evil either. I don't think of myself more highly than I ought. I'm vulnerable too. But see the sanctification. Most of us know this verse. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You know the rest of it. Casting your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Most of us know that verse. But let's look at the progression in sanctification. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. How many people, don't raise your hands, don't shout amen. How many people struggle with humbling yourself? If you're somebody, just as an example, that cannot apologize, that's you. Right? That's you. You, you, you. If you can never apologize, that's you. If you're one of those and this is your apology, I'm just really sorry about what happened. That's, that's equivalent to somebody saying when they break up with you, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> a lot of good that does you. When all the time you know, no, it's me. What it should be is not, I'm sorry about what happened, but I'm sorry for whatever percentage I own of what happened. Don't apologize if you're not wrong. That's false humility and equally evil. I never apologize if I'm not wrong, ever. But I've been wrong so many times, I'm an expert at apology. I've got my whole line down, I got it. It's not false, it's just well-practiced. If you struggle with being nice, which I do, <laughs> not making excuses, but when you hump police calls your entire life, it's tough to be nice. It is. I need to overcome. I think that I'm getting nicer throughout the years. Would you agree? Yeah. Pretty hesitantly, but she agrees. <laughs> but you have to humble yourself. Will you do it? Step one of your ordered steps. If, it's, if this applies to you, it may not. You may have a different ordered step. But how many people, this is why the churches are powerless. Do you know that? There's empty churches. It's a barren wasteland in the U.S. They're not locked down. They could have church. And even if you didn't, it was against the law. What are they going to do to you? Fine you? And then they all lose in court anyway. You get a decent attorney. They fry them in court. And you get a couple hundred grand. Go ahead and lock me down. We got to pay for a building. Bring it on. Liberty Council will be on your doorstep the next day. Good luck with that. That's why, they, that's why they backed off of Rodney Howard Brown like the day before. They're Liberty Council. Next, Hillsboro Emergency Council. Immediately the next day. Uh, churches, uh, because the governor came out and said after Rodney Howard Brown got arrested, which is what he was supposed to do. Which is what every pastor was supposed to do. 
When he got arrested, the governor came out about 36 hours later and said, you know what, churches are essential. Hillsborough County Emergency Management said, you know what, we're still going to consider them to be non-essential. And the attorney stood up and said, let's not do that. <laughs> Liberty Council. Hello? If you know Rodney Howard Brown, that's bad enough. And you got the Liberty Council backing him? Because Rodney will never back down. Ever back down. Ever. They would have, they would have lumped and ended up giving him 10 million bucks. And they knew it. They got to pay for the cops and trash pickup. So you might not want to give Rodney all that money. You have to humble yourself. Are you willing to do it? It hurts. I'm looking at faces right now. You don't think I look at you, but I do. I'm looking, will you? Will you humble yourself? What are you, are you harboring unforgiveness and bitterness for stupid reasons? And even if they're not stupid reasons, are you going to still hold on to them? Are you? For what? Well, we're right. Who cares? You're going to sacrifice the relationship because you're right. You're probably not right anyway, because you're so immature that you're not, we're not speaking to them right now. Be an adult. I worked for 25 years in the sheriff's office with people at times that I did not like. I spoke to them. I interacted with them. I even ate with them, baby. You, listen, you're such a hypocrite if that's you. Because at your job, you will go along to get along. But in the church, you're offended. In your family, you're offended and not speaking to people. Thou hypocrite. Even someone like me who struggles to be nice, I do not pull that crap. I'm not speaking to them right now. Because, listen, there are people, I am hated in this community. I'm not hated, but listen, the rednecks like me. The, the Bud Light swilling guys with the Confederate flags and American flags, they love Tom Lipley. The ones who hate me are the religious Christians. They hate my guts, but the thing is, and people have left this church. I've lost every friend that attended this church. I get it. But I'm not mad at any of them. And I talk to them all. I had a friend of mine who flat out dogged me in this church, texted me on Christmas Day. I'm fine. I'm like, hey, remember 12 years ago? You said something to hurt my feelings. <laughs> my feelings have a boo-boo, so I'm not talking to you anymore. Oh my gosh. Again, go over. LA Angel is open for business on January 4th. As I don't care whether you're four or 40, you're a 12-year-old girl. Humble yourself. Stop being, being, being offended is pride. Only by pride cometh contention. Proverbs 13.10. Whoops. I thought it was them. No, it's you. If you're offended, it's you. Even if you're right. If you're bothered all the time and not speaking to people, it's you. You stink like sulfur. 
the way that you're acting in bitterness is demonic. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I've dealt with this my entire church life too, of church people, whether it's worship team people, whether it's people who want to preach or anybody else. God will exalt you in due time. Do not try to position yourself inside this church. It will never happen. God will exalt you. You humble yourself. Any the people, well, I would have been something if it wasn't for that pastor. The pastor can thwart God's ordered steps. A pastor can thwart God's ordered steps. If you are humble, he'll just move you to the next church. If there's somebody, or move the pastor out of your way. But yet you're a pouty pants. You're no different than the person I was just talking about. And I would have been something if it wasn't for that pastor. You, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So humble yourselves. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, written by Paul to the church at Corinth. This is, this is to the saved. Christians like to pretend verses like this are not to the saved. They are all to the saved. If it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, it's all to the church. These are, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. In the church. And, uh, well, Tom, there's sexual immorality probably going on here. Not that I know about. And not what was happening is, is they were glorifying it. I'll read it. And of the kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And you are proud! Exclamation mark. That should sound very familiar to you. Because that's the modern church. Some of you raised your kids in churches like that. They never called out sin. They never told you what was right. They never told you what was wrong. And they said that it was in the name of love and tolerance and accommodation. And they have the exact same website as we do. Sing the same songs and have the same altar calls. But they leave out one important factor. Repentance of sin. The teaching about righteousness. And of the kind that even the pagans do not tolerate. And you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? 5.13 actually says, expel the wicked man from among you. Tom, how is this about sanctification? Because it's about humbling yourself. What did they just say? They're proud. They're leaving open. This guy wasn't just sleeping with his father's wife. He was open about it. They were parading around the church. And nobody said a thing. And they were proud of their love. Just like strapping on a mask. Just like locking down and pimping vaccines. It's the exact same thing. They refused to humble themselves. The first part of 1 Peter chapter 5. Back to 1 Peter chapter 5. Now we're at verse 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Therefore, humble yourself. Read the first part first. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. 
Now, most people do not connect 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 with 5, 8. And understand this now. Remember, what is being mature? Being taught about righteousness to the place where you can distinguish good from evil. So you saw the first part, 5, five 6, and 7, right? What's 5, 8? Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you humble yourself, you're being taught about righteousness, and then you're sober, then you're vigilant, and then you'll be able to see your adversary, the devil, walking around trying to devour Christians. This was written to Christian leadership. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. Do you see, do you see the sanctification? Humble yourself, cast all your, don't worry about your agenda. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And then be sober. And then you're vigilant because the, your adversary, the devil is walking around seeking to devour you. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called, verse 10, called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you, have suffered while perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Let's go over this last verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after, shout after, after you have suffered a while, Whoops, where's that taught in the church? We're always hearing Romans 8, 16, and 17. Always hearing it. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The modern church believes that suffering and persecution means you're wrong. By suffering, by the way, I'm not talking about the sickness, illness, disease, or danger. You're immune from all that. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, 19. The modern church believes, however, that suffering and persecution means that you're incorrect. Look how silly they are staying open. It's not our fight. It's not our time. This is the fight of our time. The fight of our time. Right now. But the modern church believes that suffering and persecution means you're incorrect. The modern church believes approval by the world means you're right. Well, you know, we were gathering with the Chamber of Commerce. You know, we got the Lutheran pastor over here and the Catholic pastor over here and the Baptist pastor over here. We're all gathering together to come up with our plan for 2022. We're going to stay closed this amount of days and only operate at 50% capacity because we want to be a community partner. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. I mean, what do, I mean, oh, do you not see it, pastors? It's so simple. I don't, the YMCA is locked down, so you are? 
The YMCA donates a large portion of their money to slaughter the unborn, and you're going to do what they do? Approval does not mean that you're right. Churches who believe this are not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. There's no promise. There's no spirit. There's no will of God. There's no callings. There's no word. Just a false virtue and a compliance in the name of love. That's all that there is. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. You heard me preach this a million times. Blessed are you when people insult you. Does that mean you go out and look for insults? Some of you do. I don't. I don't, I listen, I don't go up to people, I'm tempted, but I don't, to go up to people who are wearing masks. I really want to go up to them and say, why? Just walk by them as I'm walking by the Home Depot, why? But I don't. I'm like, that gum man, you're 10 years older than me, you're in your 60s, what are you doing? Why? I'm not looking for insults, but blessed are you when you are. You should stand out. You should, listen, you're, ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Being hated doesn't mean you're wrong. That's Matthew 10, 22. It doesn't mean that you're wrong because you're hated. How many of you, again, you can, you can respond to this if you want, but how many of you were not invited to holiday gatherings this year because you're one of the great unwashed? I got no invites either. I usually get invited to something, nothing. But here's the thing, I said this in the first service, I'll say this to you, Psalm 68, six. God said it to solitary in families. Because you've been, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Psalm 68, six. Psalm 16, the Lord will take me up. When my father and my mother forsake me, whether it's because they're dead or because they are enemies in my own household, then the Lord will take me up. God setteth the solitary in families. Stop rejecting your church family and trying to hold on to a bunch of people who are heathens. If they come around, great. But they may never come around. Pray this. Don't try to make friends. Don't do that. I can't find friends inside the church. Well, you don't show up for anything. But anyway. That's... That happens more in this church. Nobody dares comes and talks to me about it because I put out my preemptive strike from the pulpit. So nobody, they just go and talk to Hope about it. Perfect. Or Heather. I can't find friends in the church. Okay, well, you have this Bible study, this Bible study, this fellowship, this fellowship, this fellowship. What did you show up at? Name them, please. Well, I show up twice a month Sunday. Oh, good luck finding a friend. This may sound braggadocious to you, but I've never struggled to find friends, and I'm mean. I always have friends. I go through seasons in my life where I don't even want any friends. I'm good with none. That's one of them right now. I have no interest in friendships. I know that sounds really horrible. Listen, you might, you might be thinking, why on earth would God call him to preach? And why are you preaching? I'm preaching because God made me preach. Don't try to find friends. God sets you in families. All you need to do is say, show up. If you want to be the greatest business in Florida, what do you need to do? Show up. Every business in Florida stinks. 
You want to be number one? Answer the phone and show up. If you want friends, show up. Hello. That's what I did. Didn't work with women, but it worked with friends. Had to have the miraculous on the women part. But blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know how much I've been lied about in this, in this town? Tom did this. Tom did that. Huh. I'm blessed. Thank you for that. Jeff Tomas taught me this principle. He's like, he said, because he's, you know, he's a salesman. He says, every turndown is the step to the one who accepts what you're selling, who buys what you're selling. You have to look at it that way. Blessed are you. Thank you for blessing me by speaking evil about me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. They hung the greatest prophet of all time on the cross because they hated him. And we think that acceptance is righteousness? Revelation 6, 9, and 10. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the, listen to this, I saw those under the altar. I saw under the altar the, the souls of those who had been slain for what? For the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Those who were slain for the word of God. And we're worried about not being invited to Thanksgiving by Aunt Susie, the mask, COVID-caving vaccine Nazi. <laughs> Who cares? Well, she's my aunt. We grew up. To, some of you are so married to your family. Listen, I'm telling you, you need, I'll say it again. How many of you studied the Bible? He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Listen now. Come on. Here go. American parents. You were raised with Oprah and Dr. Philly. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me either. I've seen many parents sacrifice their faith, their spouse's faith, and their kid's faith on the altar of idol worship for their kids. They lie to their kids because their kids are their own idols. You're welcome. Trying to help you. Do not get distracted from the process of sanctification. It's a process. It will not occur overnight. And some of us, including me, have gummed up the gears so bad that God's getting in there and cranking and cleaning. And we don't like the progress. I pout about the lack of progress. But you stay in it and you do not get distracted. The distractions will seem right. There's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. Proverbs 14, 12. Do not be distracted from it. That first step that you do not want to take, you've got to take it. Now, it's an emergency. Your children's faith may depend on it. They're looking at you saying, do I want what they have? 
See, there was nobody. The world couldn't look at the shining city on a hill because the shining city on a hill left. They evacuated the hill and moved down into the valley with the world. There was nothing for the world to look up to in this time, in this 21 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. 21 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And nobody had a city on a hill to look up at, except for us in this room and a few other churches. I said this in the first service. Many of you, the greatest thing that ever happened to you was this COVID thing. Because you were in these churches, you were being inoculated, you were being anesthetized, you were being put to sleep, your kids were being lost. And the greatest thing was for you to get prompted out like you got goaded with a cattle prod up the wazoo out of that church because there's nowhere else to go and you had enough spiritual sanctification. You had enough. You were able to see spiritually that it was not right. You had the discernment, at least enough, to get the heck out of there and come here. Don't go back. Don't ever go back. Yes, you got thrown into the flames. You came to the flamethrower. It's the best thing that ever happened to you. Yes, your eyebrows are missing. I get that. But this is where you're supposed to be. Don't come back. Don't go back because they're going to come calling. You know, stay with the people who've loved you all of these years. Oh, the ones who demonically fell to a false god. Do not be distracted from sanctification. It hurts, but the ultimate joy will be worth it. 1 Timothy 6.20. Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Everybody good? We're going to go total out the door 13 minutes. You good? I'll stop if you want me to stop, but no, I won't. I won't stop. You can embarrassingly walk yourself out the door in front of everybody. But. Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Sanct be sanctified. Don't be falling for. Avoid the profane. What does that mean? Some, of, some Christians are now starting to believe that it's okay to cuss. No, oh, it's just a greater, you know, I'm just operating in grace. No, is that what the Bible says? I'm just, is that what the Bible says? Because you have, study to show thyself approved unto God, right? A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. You want to talk about sanctification, what's the next verse? But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And you drop, you're using the S-bomb again. When God told you when you first got saved to get rid of it, what has he changed his mind? For I am the Lord, I change not. You changed, he didn't change. Avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is false. Contradictions of what? If your love and your kindness, tolerance and accommodation is a contradiction to the word of God, this is you. You are to avoid these contradictions. And it's always called knowledge. What are they telling you to follow right now? Follow the science. What science? 
The vaxxed and the unvaxxed spread the virus, but only the unvaxxed can't come in the room? What science? Falsely called knowledge. We are not ignorant of his devices. Write that verse down, 2 Corinthians 2.11. We are not ignorant of his devices. He does the same things over and over and over again. Demons are eternal. You're eternal. They were around. Now they'll be locked up and put into the lake of fire for forever at some point. But here's the thing. Right now they're eternal. They've been doing the same garbage over and over and over again. Things in the name of love. Things in the name of science. Things in the name of kindness. Over and over and over again. Recognize it and avoid it. Be sanctified. Do not be distracted from your process. It will hurt. Especially some of you type A prideful people. Got quiet right there. See what I can bring into a room just like that. Quiet. Laughter, dead silence. Boom. It's a gift. I choose to call it a gift. 2 Corinthians 11, 12 through 15. But what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be, regard, to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For they are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Light. It's like I said at the beginning of the service. Some people, again, this can be me too. But it's something, start, a shiny thing starts going across the wall. Right now, somebody got up, is going out the door, and everyone's Forget the Bible. Is she going to the bathroom? Forget the Bible. Forget the Holy Spirit. Bathroom. Don't be distracted. It'll look good. Don't be distracted. I'm going to try, I'm going to do this one or this one. Let me see. This one. Ministries can be lost or made ineffective or even made non-existent if you're not sanctified. How many people in here know Philippians 3.13 and 14? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right? That's what you're supposed to do. You are not called. You are called to attend church, but you are not called to be a church attender. Understand that. You are called to high calling. Yes, you will always be, as I am, a that Jesus marvels at people who understand authority. This church took off like a rocket when I put myself under authority. You'll always be a man or a woman under authority, as you should be, as I am. You'll always be that way. But your ministry can be lost. If you choose, if you choose to do this, Galatians 5, 26 and 27. Actually, just Galatians 5, 26. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. This is why I don't go on other church websites. The only websites that I go on are the ones where I'm listening to them preach. 
I really only listen to, John, to Jonathan and Rodney. That's it. I'm not saying I wouldn't listen to Gredlock. I would, but I just don't have the time. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Do not be distracted from your sanctification. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. There's so many Christians who want to work their way into a church position. That's the same thing as trying to find friends or trying to find someone to marry. Don't do it. Just surrender. Let nothing be done. Just say, Lord, your will be done. It's not ambiguous. You pray it specifically. I know that you want me to have relationships. Bring those about in Jesus' name. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now listen to this verse, verse 5, Philippians 2, 5. Now we've been given the mind of Christ, right? But what this verse says is, let this mind be in you. You were given it, but do you let it happen? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Will you? Will you let this mind be in you? Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, remember what we're talking about, is people's lack of humility destroying their ministries. Many people, they won't take, they, they want all of these things in ministry, but they won't take that step. Galatians 6, 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men. I said this about worship team people, and it can be about anything. I said I used worship team last week as an example. If you are a guitar player, piano player, singer, whoever you are in a worship team, or any sort of ministry in the church, and your goal is to be seen and heard, you're out of the will of God, and you are, cor you are actually corralled by God to keep you away from Christians. Oh, I've led, it uh, wasn't here. I never led worship on this stage. When the stage was over there, I led worship sometimes. You'd have worship team practices, and there'd only be a guitar player. Can anybody hear me? Because the sound booth was over there. Why do you need to be heard? Explain that scripturally. Explain that in the Bible. How, why it is that you need to be heard? Is the sound man going to purposely make you sound bad? Is the worship leader going to lose his job because the band sounds like crap? So explain to me why you're going, can anybody hear me? You sound like a hardened church guy. Yeah, a little bit right there. Do, do what you're told to do. Shut up and do your job. Humble yourself. God will take care of that worship leader, stymieing my creativity. That needs to go up sideways too without being folded. He can't do it. No man can stop your ordered steps. Period. I'll finish with this. Worship team, make your way. Told you at 115, it's 112, we'll be out of here. Last year, not last year, 21 months ago, 15 days to flatten the curve. This church, we probably, 
We had somewhere in the neighbor of thirty to fifty thousand dollars in the bank. And I want to tell you these things, and I hope that you can handle them. Because I'm a I'm a open book, transparent. Today, twenty-one months later, of fifteen days flat in the curve, we have over a million dollars in the bank. The church. I prayed, I was praying because I know what we're having. I'll, I'm going to share all of it with you when I'm allowed to. I can't right now. I'm aware, what's it called? A non-disclosure? What is it called? Hope? Is it called? Is that the real name? Shout it. Shout, woman. She won't do it. But anyway, so we're under a non-disclosure agreement. So I can't tell you a lot of things. You maybe think he's being, you know, curt. I'm not. I can't. And if you know what building it is, keep your giant yap shut. Stop hinting. Stop going to my family to try to get them to tell you. It all comes back to me. They're on my side. I love you. Those of you that have been doing it, I even know who you are. And I love you. You're good friends of mine, by the way. Knock it off. I tell you this because I want you to know how God works. So I prayed. I said, you know what, Lord? We're going to be emptying out our bank account for this building. I want a million dollars. I'm asking you, Lord, for a million dollars in our account by the end of December. And God spoke to me clearly. He goes, you're like, I don't really believe God speaks. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't have an intimate relationship with God. He will do it for you. He is not a respecter of persons. He will talk to you as clearly as he talks to me. If not clear, get better than me. Be better than I am. Be the one person who leaves the church not offended, but because you're actually better than I am. You're welcome. But so the Lord said to me, if you want that, you're gonna have to sow a seed. And I was like, God, I don't really want to sow a seed. If I sow the seed, then that puts me back more than what I'm asking for. We need $150,000 to make that million dollar mark. I'm doing this for the building, not for my salary. So some of these with the looks on your face, relax. I'm driving my wife's car to church. I don't even have a car. My car's broken down in the driveway. So God said, you have to sow a seed. I said, where? And he said, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, that's it. And I went, okay. And I said, I'm going to think about it. See, how, see what a great man of faith I am? So while I was in the hot tub, pondering all the people who are offended at Foundation Church, being greatly, being greatly bothered by all those offended um, in the hot tub, pondering my next glass of chocolate milk and Christmas cookies. But anyway, sorry to put that vision in your mind, but I said, you know what? I'm going to make the move. I'm doing it. So I walked inside. Hope was sitting at her desk and I said, listen, we need to send Jonathan $15,000. I have to sow a seed. And she goes, the funny thing, someone just gave us $15,000. We never communicated nothing. Just someone just gave it to the church, so we mailed it off. This week, as of going into this, we haven't counted any of today's offering. Let's come in today. Not a thing. 
We broke our record. Largest offering in the history of this church has happened today. $220,000 came in today, came in this week. So far. Now, for those of you that are the church is rolling in money, we got to drop M's. M's are coming. M's are coming. Not one M. And I'll tell you the price when I'm allowed to. Some of you will be like, oh, that's nothing. Those people of faith, those of you who have a Caleb and Joshua spirit, you'll be fine. I said Aaron in the first service, Joshua. If you have a Caleb or Joshua spirit, you'll be just fine. Those of you scarred, largest offering ever, right there. Why? Why? Obedience. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Yet you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask with wrong motives that you may get what you what you get on your that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God said, You want that, so a seed. That hurt. Right now I'm trying to save money so we can do all that we are supposed to do. But I'm like, no. And by the way, I'm never gonna save money. First chance we get, we'll have a bunch of people come in to the church and we'll pay them to come in. I want Jonathan in. I want I was talking to Rodney Howard Brown on, on Christmas Eve. He, he's coming to the new building. He's going to come down. And these, you know, they don't ever ask for anything, but you got you to gotta bless them. We're not going to pull back. We are going to build a southern outpost of freedom that has never been seen before. Right here. There, this church will be a church of thousands of, th of thousands reaching hundreds of thousands. That's what we will be. You're like, Englewood, Northport, yes! There's hundreds of thousands of people living here. This is our time. This is not their time. It's not Fauci's time. It's our time. It's our country. Let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.